Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. I hope everyone had a great Christmas and enjoyed time with family and friends over the last few days. This week, we're featuring an Ask the Expert interview from Farm Science Review. Michael Langemeyer from Purdue University is interviewed by David Marison. David's an extension educator in Coshocton County. They provide really good advice on building a strong relationship between tenants and landowners, which is especially important when transitioning to the next generation. Enjoy. Dr. Michael Langenmeyer from Purdue University, and I can say boiler up because I'm an alumni, so that is um, good. I think that's why Chris allows me to do, well, I get to interview you once, and then we're going to shift gears here, but we're going to switch interviewers to keep you fresh as we go. So, um, so traveled over from West Lafayette today, and um, we are asking, you're going to go, you're actually the only speaker to go back-to-back this year. All so right. you got a tough chore. That's why oh, we're going to have to switch moderators on yes. you. But we want to talk about something that's pretty important. I know our legal folks will say that, but also with the competitive nature of different land leases that are out there, we want to talk about quality leases, leases that will help your farm in operation. So let's start off with these these farm leases and that communication process. Yeah, I, communication is extremely important, and I think operators are doing a much better job than they probably used to. Can you hear okay? Uh, this, it's it's more challenging today for operators. Here, pull it down a little bit. Here. Perfect. It, it, now we're good. Boiler up. It, it's more challenging. It's, it's certainly more challenging for operators because they have a lot of landlords, and some of the landlords don't live very close, uh, so it makes it a little more challenging. But there's things you can do. Uh, communicate via the internet. Communicate via newsletter. But but most landlords want to know how the farm is doing. They want to know things like, oh, well, I got a big rain, and, and, the, and, the, and the crop looks good, and, 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 and so on. And so I, I think this communication is extremely important in today's environment. Uh, but obviously, Barry Ward talked about the tight margins we've had since 2013. Uh, obviously, you also want to talk about what's happening in production agriculture. You know, some, some landlords don't really pay much attention to what corn prices and soybean prices are. And they don't are. know all these discussions with no, China, No, right? they, they don't talk to you and Chris Hurt and myself and others all the time and, and, and listen to all of this. And so uh, just informing them of what's going on in production agriculture and, and indicating that, well, the, the net return to land is not as good as it was five years ago by any stretch of the imagination. So And so there's going to be downward pressure on, on cash rent. And, and, and if you're in a share rent situation, it's going to be lower. Uh, certainly, nobody wants to be shocked, uh, and, and so communication is just very, very important. So you're talking about communication. How often should we communicate as a landlord and tenant? That's going to vary. That's going to vary by by landlord, but uh, but we, you know, most of the leasing publications suggest at least two or th- three times a year. Obviously, when you're when you're renewing the lease, that's an important time. Uh, also, when you're when you're talking about the crop at the end of the year, that's an important time. But I think at least once during the growing season, uh, you should communicate how the crop is doing, and, and uh, uh, regardless of whether it's a cash rent or a share rent, if it's a cash rent, a lot of landlords would like to know. Uh, you know, 
uh, you know, what's going on in their land, uh, you know, how, what, what the crop looks like and so on. Yeah, because here in Ohio, the conversation about the crop conditions very different the discussions we having at the end of May and June oh, yes. to the discussions that we could have here in August and September. Oh, definitely. It changed a lot during changes, that growing it season. a lot. And, and, and part, of, part of why I think this topic is so important is, is I worked for a while when I was a, a, college, a college student as a farm management intern. And so one of the things I did is for this farm management company is we would scout fields and they would communicate at least once a month with these landlords and so and and the landlords we worked with really appreciated that uh, and that was back in the days when there was more share rent arrangements but there were some cash rent arrangements in that group and 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 to the landlord all of them appreciated knowing knowing what was going on in that ground and 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 and, and how things were going now I heard you talk before about the, the need for year-end reports can you talk yes. a little bit about that and Again, this are would, those important? What's in it? This would be regardless whether it's a cash rent or share rent. I think just a summary of, of, of the crops that were planted. Uh, what were the yields? Uh, even, again, even a cash rent. We're going to tell them what the yields yes, were? Even, they even may jack rent, the rent up. Even a cash rent landlord, tell them what the yields are. But it goes the other direction, too. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes the yields are not as good as, as the trend yield. Uh, talk about production notes. Uh, what were some of the issues, particularly if there's drainage issues, that needs to be communicated uh, at least once a year, uh, that we have drainage areas in, in particular areas of the field, and, and so and be proactive on that. Maybe there's a chance to put some tile in. Uh, so start, start that discussion. Uh, certainly plans for next year. Um, you know, what, 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 what kind of crops are they looking at for next year? Yeah, when they look at their window, are they going to see corn, <laughs> beans, yes. or wheat? What are they going to look at, actually? Yes. And then, uh, uh, and certainly, if it's a crop share, it needs to be a very detailed summary of the shares. Uh, you, know, if it, you know, for example, if they're sharing seed, fertilizer, and and, and herbicide and insecticide, uh, you know, very detailed information about about the type of fertilizers are put on, the type of herbicides were used, the type of seed that was used, and what that cost total, and then what the, what the what the what the share is for the landowner. So be very transparent on that. You don't want to lose a landlord because you. Uh, you you, you didn't communicate that you just you just said well you owe me fifty dollars and so making sure there's a detailed summary re regarding to regarding the crop shares and then Barry earlier talked about uh, flex rent leases if you're in a flex rent lease which we can we can talk about a little bit more uh, but if you're in a fre uh, flex rent lease it's, it's extremely important uh, to define the formula mm -hmm. uh, one of the problems of, of some cash rent landlords going to flex cash rent is if that if it's not communicated exactly how that's calculated you could really cause some landlords to be angry because because they look at that and say well i don't understand why i'm getting 80 percent of what i got last year um, because a lot of the a lot of times the flex rents are set up that they're they're 80 or 90 percent of a base cash rent and then you only get another additional payment if revenue is if re very high, if revenue is above cost, Diane was talking about costs here before. If revenue is above cost, then what typically happens is the revenue is shared. Uh, that that revenue above cost is shared between the landlord and the tenant, and so all of that needs to be laid out when you're doing a flex rent. What is the base? How is that decided? Uh, but more importantly, uh, if, if it's based on a, if, if if the if the bonus is based on revenue, how is that bonus calculated? What how are we going to validate the yields? Where do we get the price? Is the price a December price for the state of Ohio from USDA NAS? Is it is it a uh, first week in December price from uh, Elevator XYZ? Uh, where are we getting the price? And and so be very very specific about that about that formula. Uh, I think flex rents. It's a very good time uh, to think about flex rents. 
uh, because it's a way to, to, to try to negotiate the cash rents down a little bit lower, but, but, by, but tell the land landowner that if, if, if corn and soybean prices increase dramatically or if we have very good yields like we did across the Corn Belt this year, there's a chance for a bonus. For a bonus. Now, what's your gut? What do you think of the number of tenant farmers that actually provide this to the landlords that they're renting from? Uh, Maybe Indiana is different than Ohio, but I have a gut feel here. The end of right? the year report is not very common, but it, but it's another way to have good relations with the landlord. Uh, I I don't know how many lease meetings I, I go to, and I'm sure the Ohio State people, it's the same way. Uh, if you do lease meetings, David, would be the same for you, where a landlord will come up to me and, do I have a right to know what the yields are? And I just about fall off my chair. Or what the soil test says yeah, when they take the, the soil, soil test. Mm -hmm. Of course you have a right to understand that information. So, and so I, in most of my lease presentations, I, I talk about this end-of-the-year report, that the fact regardless of what the rental arrangement is, you know, just basically telling some key information about what went on on each track. And that just improves the relationship yes. between the, the landlord land, yes. and the tenant farmer Definitely. so that's a great segue on are there other th things that we can do as we're building this relationship especially in these farm transitions that we look yes. at we have been used to working with um mom and dad of a certain family but all of a sudden mom and dad aren't there and now we got three snotty nosed kids that may yeah. live in ohio yeah. indiana and maybe texas and they're dealing with Three new people, so yeah. The end of the year report's even more important as as you get as as the uh, the people that inherited the ground are further and further away from the land, because uh, you're just providing some basic information of what's going on out there, and and uh, and and quite often the younger generation is just as interested, if not more interested, uh, than the than the previous generation in that end of year report, and so and so definitely that that's very important to to communicate with the with the new heirs. Uh, so other things that if we're going out and. Uh, it, and maybe trying to get some new land. Are there some th key things that we need to consider? Well, if you're if, if you're working with a new landowner, this is this is a, like any other relationships. Uh, you have to communicate. You have to communicate and, and, and talk about you know why you're a good fit to, to farm that ground. It may sound kind of quaint, but why you're a good fit to farm that ground and 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 talk about what your plans are for crops. Talk about what the potential yields might be. Uh, you know, talk talk. You know, certainly if it's a crop share, you need to be, get much more detailed on how that's going to work and, and, and what your plan is in terms of, of seeding rates and, and what the seed costs, what, what, what's going to cost a uh, seed cost per acre and, and give them some idea before the bill comes in uh, on, on what the cost is going to be there. And so, and so just building that relationship by, by trying to really, uh, to, to really uh, uh, communicate uh, well with a landowner or landowners. Uh, you know, some of these cases, there's maybe six landowners. There was one before, now there's six. Especially with the LLCs yes, that yes. we have nowadays. And so you got to figure out who's the key person to, co to, to communicate with there and, 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 and what and how often should you communicate. You probably should ask them. You know, how often do you want to get a report? Because uh, as I indicated, when we, I was working with a farm management company in, in Fremont, Nebraska, it was once a month. That was the, kind of the expectation there. My nephew's working for that same firm, and they still do that, by the way. Uh, but also, um, you know, ask questions if you're if if you're the if you're the operator and, and you you've got this new landowner, uh, ask questions about the history of the land. You know, if if it's particularly if that landowner used to farm the ground, they're always interested in talking about that. That's part of building that relationship. You know, because that that person might have farmed that ground for for a lot of years. They know every 
everything about that ground. They know where the where they know the, every where wet the, spot, yes, where every the, where the yields are really low good, where the yields are really spots. poor, where the drainage is a problem, uh, where where it might it might be weedy spots. They they know all of that stuff, and so ask a lot of questions about the history of the land. Uh, ask about prior lease arrangements and how those worked. Um, uh, you, did they switch? 20 years ago from share to cash rent, did they like that? Would they consider switching back? This wouldn't be a bad a bad time to maybe have a share rent lease with landowners rather than the cash rent lease. That's probably a tough sell. Um, and then ask about expectations. And that goes back to uh, you know what kind of information do you want to know and mm -hmm. how frequently do you want to know that information. So ask about their expectations and then check in very frequently. Uh, more than two or three times especially a year. when it's a new relationship as you're cultivating that landowner because you're cultivating that and uh, and even though today there's probably not uh, 10 people waiting to uh, farm the ground that you're starting to farm there still might be one or two and I think that was brought up earlier too there might be one or two farms in the county uh, that are looking to farm that ground so you want to you want to start off you want to start off a very positive and and show that you're a professional and, and you're going to communicate frequently and, and tell them what's going on now on the flip side we have some landlords that might listen to the podcast later so what should some of the things that landlords are asking well it's the same it's the same with the building that relationship i mean don't be afraid to ask questions about production practices about yields uh, uh, don't be afraid to, 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 to ask questions about those things you don't want to dictate what they're going to do you don't want to say well i don't think continuous soybeans is a good idea you shouldn't do that you're a cash rent landowner. They need they, they make the cropping decisions, but ask questions about that. Well, we've had some landowners asking, "Are you using that new dicamba stuff?" Yes, yes. They want to know that. Yeah, yeah. And so and so if if they want to know, ask ask the questions. It doesn't hurt to ask the questions. And and usually the operator uh, will you know, will gladly uh, gladly answer those questions, but they can't answer questions that are not asked. <laughs> that's pretty obvious. And so and so I think that's a, a, a very important. Also, state expectations. Uh, it, it goes. It goes the same the other direction. What What are your expectations of me as the operator? Uh, you know, you know how frequently we, want, we communicate and uh, and so on. And if, if they want their, uh, well, if they want the road ditch mowed, tell me that. Tell me uh, that they, they want me, snow plowed yeah, in the winter tell time. Me tell that. me that. Tell right. me how often the the, the the previous tenant did that, and what's your expectation there? And we can negotiate the negotiate the cash rent accordingly mm -hmm. uh, with that, so that that shouldn't be a problem. But the, the key point here is, and this goes back to the questions I get at the meetings I go to, the landowners are there. Don't be afraid to ask questions. It's your land. It's your asset. Uh, you have a right to, to to know what's going on on that on that ground. And I feel a lot of maybe landlords don't feel they sometimes feel felt held hostage by the tenant farmer and. Well, they're they, afraid to they, ask they those think they're questions. a cash rent landowner, so you know I, I really don't have a right to make decisions. And and you know technically you, you shouldn't dictate what's going on there if you're a cash rent land landlord, but you certainly should know what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we get in some of these arrangements where we share share some of these lease agreements, what's fair? What's equitable? What should, kind of things should we be looking at in those lease arrangements? I wanted to make sure I had time to talk about. Uh, what a fair and equitable income sharing arrangement is. We talk a lot about this in farm management books, and it sounds like a mouthful, but it's really quite straightforward. And this goes back particularly for share rents, but also for flex rent arrangements where there's more sharing going on, sharing of bonus in the flex rent case, sharing of the income in the share rent uh, situation. Uh, and I'm just going to uh, uh, quote here directly. 
uh, fair and equitable sharing arrangement exists when both parties are paid for the use of their inputs according to the contribution those inputs make toward generating a revenue generating revenue let's be very uh, let's give a very specific example here uh, this is an example from uh, Indiana so you can tell me if we need to shift the percentages a little bit in Indiana approximately if you have a corn soybean rotation approximately a third of the costs uh, are land costs and so if you didn't share any inputs and you shared the crop an equitable fair and equitable leasing arrangement would be two-thirds to the operator and one-third to the land landlord because the landlord's providing a third of the cost if if Sound equitable about the same I've never heard them use their sirens on their little things like that Would that percentage be about the same, Barry? Third. Now, if you now if you're share if you're if the landlord's also providing seed, fertilizer, and herbicides in Indiana, that that share would go up to fifty percent. Okay. That would go up to fifty percent. Now that might be a little bit lower uh, in places. Yeah, I, I've I've seen that a little bit lower uh, back where I'm from and in the in the Western Great Plains. But but it, but if you're on good soil, the fifty percent uh, is, is is pretty is a fair and equitable arrangement. Uh, and, and one of the things that I've done, and I, let me talk a little bit more about flex rent if I can. Okay, great. I, I know that was talked about previously, but let me talk a little bit more about that. What I've done uh, with some analysis is I've compared uh, share rent arrangement, this 50%, 50-50, sharing, uh, sharing uh, seed, fertilizer, and herbicide. I've compared that with cash rent uh, to the flex rent. And what I tried to do is I tried to come up with terms, uh, reasonable flex rent terms that would give you similar income to the share rent arrangement and the cash rent arrangement. And what we found works for us, because uh, sometimes people need, uh, need an example to go with, is an 80% base. Uh, and so you have to, you know, the base is 80% of the current market cash rent. So you need to know what the current cash, uh, cash rent is. And then calculate cost based on a budget, Ohio State budget or mm -hmm. a Purdue budget. Just use something that's very transparent. And then look at, look at the non-land costs, all the non-land costs. Uh, and then and see if the revenue is above the non-land cost plus the base in any given year. Uh, that we haven't seen that for a while, but but certainly back from 2007 to 2013, there was a lot of years during that period where the revenue was above those things. If the revenue is above uh, those non-land costs plus the base rent, then share the revenue 50/50. Okay, and share it 50/50 above that. Yeah, great. And and the reason I kind of like that in in today's environment is there's so much uncertainty what the price is going to be, particularly for soybeans. I mean, I know you've talked about that mm -hmm. a lot the last two days. Uh, ben was, you know, I heard Ben. I Chris heard probably went on and on yesterday about oh, that. Oh, they are like equal. Uh, like you, yeah, yeah. you thought you were listening to each other when you were listening to them. Same yeah, same yeah, message. Yeah, yeah, same message. Uh, but but when there's so much uncertainty like this, I think flex rent makes sense because there is a chance. There is a chance if we get this settled. That that prices could go up rather substantially, and and maybe a year or two, we could get in a situation where there might be some revenue to share. But certainly, the flex rent would would give some flexibility to the operator for the next and year or two. And next year or two, and during these times where soybean price, I think the WASD uh, price range is seven thirty-five to nine eighty-five, something like that. That's unbelievable. You stop to think about it, and then we have the the. the wide basis on top of that and so and so I think flex rent arrangements make a lot of sense uh, in, in uh, today 
but again, going back to something you know, I talked about earlier, we need to make sure that if we're going to do a flex rent, that we're very transparent how the formulas are defined. And how we report we back. You do not want to lose a land. Uh, uh, you don't want to ruin a, a relationship because the terms were not well defined. And it may ruin that relationship for a share yes. arrangement for the next yes. person, the yes. next generation, yes. regardless. So, oh, my question on you want to stump the Purdue? That would Boiler. not be hard to do. Barry? Well, certainly have the discussion with the landlord, and, and sometimes landlords are willing to, to, to share that expense, and so certainly that's a possibility. They don't necessarily want to pay for 100%. There's a reason why the ground's not tiled, because it's expensive. And, but, but certainly ask them about uh, sharing the expenses, and then once you've kind of got a commitment from them, whether they're going to share the expense or not, then what I recommend is negotiating a long-term lease. I think that's a pretty standard recommendation, and, and a little lower, of course, because, because you're, you're paying for part of that tile, but, but certainly, certainly because you're going to be paying for that tile for a long period of time, you want to have a longer lease. That's extremely important. And in Indiana, we have a lot of one-year leases, uh, and, and so certainly we, you, know, you would like a, a five- to ten-year lease, and, and I've, I've talked to quite a few operators that have been successful doing that. And it's worth it. Five to seven, five to seven. Yeah, three is really not three to five is really not long enough. You'd like to get closer to that 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 seven. Yeah. 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 Fifteen. I I think that would a lot of our landlords wouldn't go for that, but you probably seven to ten. Yeah. Yeah. Transparency is so key in a landowner-tenant relationship, especially in a market as volatile as crops can be. So if you'd like more information on different types of leases or example leases, go to farmoffice.osu.edu or aglease101.org. We'll be back after the first of the year talking about some of the research trials featured in the 2018 eField report, which will be released on January 9th. Don't forget to sign up for Precision University. It's on that same date, January 9th. Um, you need to sign up by January 2nd. Go to go.osu.edu forward slash Precision U. For our female listeners, we'd love to have you join us for a weekend retreat focused on farm management. Annie's project will be held January 11th through the 13th in Logan County. Find a link in the episode description to that brochure. And also remember to check out the Ohio Ag Manager website for a list of the 2019 Outlook meetings. From us here at the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast, have a happy and safe new year. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.